0: broadcasting from deep within angel stadium this is angler chronicles
1: good morning southern california from joshua tree at dutch harbor from the canadian wilderness to the amazon jungle buckle up because it's going to be wall-to-wall action on angler chronicles
2: angler chronicles is brought to you by turner's outdoorsman california's fishing hunting and shooting headquarters since 1971 Van Warmer Resorts, Hotel Palmas de Cortez, and Hotel Playa del Sol. Fishing Syndicate Quality Custom Rods, get syndicated. Carne de Teresa, providing quality, handmade, marinated meats. Owner Hooks, perfection in hooks. Lake Elsinore, the city of Dream Extreme. And Bite On Fishing, where your next catch is only a castaway. Good morning, Southern Californian. Welcome to this week's episode of Angler Chronicles, as we wish everybody a very, very happy new year. My name is Sergio. I'll be your host. My co-host, Mr. Ben Seacrest from Accurate Fishing. Good morning, Ben. Good morning and happy new year happy new year to mia who is actually here and i want to say a very happy birthday tony williams from bite on fishing good morning sir
3: good morning sergio thank you for that so happy, birthday,
2: happy and birthday and one. happy I'll new year I, you know, I, I like it. he's all combined into one and then uh <clears throat> we got the um the big huge shovels out and uh oh, we excavated <laughs> about six to seven <laughs> feet under <laughs> and underneath our totem pole, there he came out crawling out with all the hottest information <laughs> from Max Fish Reports, Mr. Andrew Mack. Happy New Year, Bud. Good morning, Sergio. Good morning, everybody. All right. And Ron is still with the flu, man. This thing's not uh, not helping out at all. And no, right. it's not COVID. Okay, so stop thinking it's the flu. There's a yeah. big flu. You had it. I think <laughs> you gave it to him, Tony, because you had it and then you gave it to your mom, the, your sister. Not your, I mean, your your dad and. Everybody else, and we happen to be at that party. I escaped it. That was good. Ben, you had it for a little bit there, too. Yes, and, I sure did. And then you, too, Andrew, right?
4: Yeah, I had it as well. well. Oh, so far. Or something. Let
2: me knock on your head there, Andrew, because I'm <laughs> not going to knock on wood that I don't get it. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, happy new year to everybody. Um, what I'd like to do in today's show is maybe take a look back at a, a few favorite trips that we had, but I, I really want to look forward, okay? I'm going to leave 2021 in the dust, okay? I'm going to leave behind, and let's look at 2022, okay? Today, January 1st, let's look forward. So having said that, we had a little bit of water this week, Wednesday and Thursday. Oh, Lord. There was another storm that came by. A week before that, we had another one. Um, this is good news because we need the snow up in the Sierras. We need the water locally. I did talk to... Um, um, William, he told me that the lake in the last one had gone up about two to three feet. Okay, that's, huge. that's That's how much. And I've seen photos now that they've done, you know, Canyon Lake. They got all their water, and then they have like a dam. Yeah, the spillover. Uh, they have yeah. a spillover. It yeah. is going full bore, and that's spilling right into mm-hmm. uh, Lake H- have Elsinore. Have you ever
3: been to the spillover there?
2: Uh, one time, it's incredible. It's to incredible. Where the big dam is, right? Yeah, that happened about was it three or four a couple, years ago? A years ago. You did some photos, and then I went over there and looked at, it, and it was just incredible. Yeah, it's like rapids. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, well, there's it's-
3: rapids, and then there's also a place where there's a, a pure waterfall, and the waterfall comes in from the dam from Canyon Lake, and then it goes down into the streams, and then what we see. Is is the is the rapids the runoff that goes directly into the lake? I know Andrew has a good time fishing for a carp. Yeah, they uh, uh, that's the only carp that I've
4: ever seen that act like salmon. They I mean, you can watch you can watch them literally climb the water like they they are. It's it's phenomenal. Super I've never cool. seen that before. Okay, well, yeah. what's
2: what, what I have heard is that a lot of the fish that are in Canyon Lake will spill over and fall and go through all of that and end up at. Um, At Lake Elsinore. Elsinore. Okay, so... some
3: big uh, bass, some big catfish.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you last week told us about some big uh, bass being caught at Canyon, right?
5: Yeah. No, there's always... Like, the Canyon's a sleeper. I laugh at it because people that live there know what it is. Mm -hmm. But I grew up on that. Like, that's where I learned how to fish, right? So I'll never forget a lot of, you know, the times fishing hula poppers back when we didn't know what was what right (laughs) Sarah spooks hula poppers right Uh all the classic stuff and caught a whole bunch of fish on it and then i remember getting to a point when the twins bought their house there and they had a hobie kayak at their house and going out and drop shotting during the dead of winter right and smashing them on drop shot rigs and i was just like What a lake. Because there's a lot of guys. uh, Rusty Brown lives out there.
2: Rusty Brown. He's a hell of uh, a fisherman. One of the fishermen that fishes with us, that's my contact there, is Cooper. (laughs) He's a very good friend of uh, William. And so I've gone with William. We go fishing at night for catfishes. It's crazy. But not only cats. You'll catch bass. You'll catch crappie. Uh, Crappie bites crazy. But think
5: of that lake. That lake has all the structure for every season of fishing. Mm-hmm. They have it has a great spot where if people are into bed fishing, which I I don't promote, but they got bed fishing there. The they have transitional spots where there will be ten feet of water to come up to two feet or one foot of water, or you can go to the main lake and fish main lake points, drop shop fishing, and it has everything you can fish: top water, spinner bait, you can fish whatever you want at that lake, and catch. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you catch all you want. Yeah, you're right.
2: Now for the uh, for the general public, this is a private lake. I mean, you have to live there, and if you live there, you obviously can have some guests. That's how you get on it. We've been privileged that we we know people, and we've been able to go on that lake, and it's they got some pretty nice bass in there. What I like is the the general size. So you're not going to get a twenty pounder. But no. there's plenty of 5, 6, and ten. But tens. they got
5: southern fish in there. You know, those aren't northern strain bass. Those are southern fish. So the Florida's. Yeah, their lake record's got to be 13 to 15 pounds at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And you know? the crappie fishing there is amazing. There's a big the way. crappie in there. Big crappie in there. I've been there with, uh, like I said, with William. Uh, I didn't crappie fish until uh. the crappie king. That's that's William. And he just uh. set me up, and we, we, we spent, we met around 10 o'clock at Hooper's house. We went out there. There's like a little park. It looks yeah. like a little park area, and we're there, and I'm going, what the heck am I doing? And then all of a sudden, it was on. And it yeah. was on until 4.30 in the morning. I'm going, dude, I got to go to sleep. So yeah. <laughs> I found it funny to pull off the shore. And right off the shore, it was a lot of fun. Wow. So uh, yeah, Canyon Lake is really spilling a lot of stuff over to Lake Elsinore. Lake Elsinore, I got it from a very good source that the catfish, believe it or not, are still in full swing. Mm-hmm. They are biting, and they're biting really well. And you don't—it's all from shore. You don't necessarily have to take mm-hmm. a boat. If you do take a boat, go for the weeds. Okay? There's uh, where, where's that point uh, that I'm talking about? Um, where all the weeds—the waters come up, and so there's a lot of brush now. Yeah, that's in the very
3: back of the lake, towards back of the, the lake, south yeah. end of the lake, but. Once you get in there, you know it's there's a lot of a lot of different weeds. We usually go float tubing, or you can get a small boat in there. Uh, Don't know if you can fit a pontoon back there, but there's some there's some good areas. You're fishing in about three to four feet of water, Mm -hmm. and there's some really big catfish back there. But you're gonna get you got to have you know braid. You want to be fishing with the right gear, and uh, and the right setup because you're gonna be going through some weeds for sure. Oh
2: yeah, there's a lot of brush that is now under one. I imagine two to three feet now. Mm -hmm. They got and I imagine I don't know what this week's. No, but what you're
5: it. talking about, it's no different than water movement in the ocean. Rain creates oxygen in, in lakes, period. Mm-hmm. And it gets p- fish active. And, I mean, some of the best days I had at Casitas in the old days fishing for large bass was the day before the main storm, but it would be raining. Mm-hmm. And those fish were super active. And, it, again, you've got to check out the barometer. What the barometer's doing a lot of times will basically tell you what's going on with the fish. But I think catfish are less... Less affected versus other ones, mm-hmm. but I mean, I mean, a lot of times when it's raining a lot and there's a lot of movement, you're telling me right now there's water coming into the lake. Right. That means no matter what, people are like, ah, oh, there's not current in lakes. There's tons of current oh, yeah. lakes, yeah, mm-hmm. tons. So mm-hmm. if there's current moving, catfish are what? Well, they're, they're active. They're, yeah, but they're I mean, also because everything's being churned up. Men, right. Yep. They're going to go and get whatever they need to get. So right. it's it's a.
2: So you mentioned barometer. Why don't you let our listeners know? why barometer or at least to you it seems like such a big deal
5: see the barometer with shallow water fishing and, and when I say shallow water fishing I can't go in through and, and tell you directly that the barometer is going to affect tunas or whatever but I know that it has effect a lot of like if you're fishing inside for calico's and some sometimes you can look at the barometer you can see that there's stuff that's that might be affecting freshwater water for sure it affects them. The barometer what happens as a storm is approaching The barometer will drop as the barometer drops the fish doesn't have this constraint of this feeling on them all the time because it's it's square square inches right and what do you want to put the pressure per square inches it's pushing on these fish it releases it gets more active they'll eat as the barometer comes up you find that become less active and they'll shut off and we were talking about last week is the larger bass this time of year will end up eating once a month but they're going to eat a big trout or something Right. right you find those days when those when those storms are approaching and you want to fish before the storm the first day of the storm but once the barometer starts back up a lot
2: of times it's not worth your time right you know I've noticed that in the ocean quite a bit and it's always the calm before the storm as they call it okay that's when they're so um, I hope you guys listen heard that okay when the barometer is low you got a better chance uh, of catching more fish okay
5: and you know what i found last uh last month i found uh on your on your phones you can put a barometer on your phone
2: really yeah oh, there's a, a phone
5: app? there's a phone app for barometers and i look at it all the time and people it's like hey what's up and i've always like when i come in and talk and we talk about fact you know facts of catching fish lunar has a huge part that's going on with what goes on with the tuna we mm-hmm. know when the tuna i can basically track the tuna bite on a barometer. Not a barometer on the lunar schedule. You do the same with a barometer,
2: mm-hmm. right? And okay, so that brings up another <clears throat> key thing since we're looking at what affects the moon. Okay, mm-hmm. now remember, folks, the moon controls the tides in the ocean, so it's going to have a huge effect on the ocean itself. I've heard some people say, "I don't like fishing in a full moon." Oh, I love the full moon, and right. um, let's let's talk about what the full moon actually does because that that brings on a lot of light on the water now we only have about a minute left here so i'm going to save that for the next segment but let's tee it off so barometer is a big issue okay and i'm going to come to andrew and tony and see um if they've experienced that with with trout okay and then we'll talk about the effect the moon has well the moon
5: a lot of times pushes you to fish at night and everybody in the stream's done that i used to go to texas a lot when the moon was full in Texas, everybody would go, hey, we're not gonna fish during the day, we're gonna fish all night. And you know right. what we do when it was really hot, launch ramps warm up a lot faster. So as it gets nighttime, the fish will attract to that launch ramp. Because the heat. Because the heat, and you can throw top waters at night
2: <laughs> and <laughs>
5: catch them where they're at.
2: Okay, well so, listen, that's what we'll talk about because actually I'm gonna leave you this question. This is for Tony. What happens when the moon is in the seventh house. And Jupiter no, aligns right. with right, Mars. You know, that know that what wrong? it is? Yeah. It's a time of Aquarius, but that's okay. Anyway, we're going to take a first short break. <laughs> this is Agna Chronicles. We'll be right back. Ducks Radio,
0: AMA 30.
1: The Dana Wharf Kids Club is the coolest club of the sea, featuring free fishing trips, whale watching adventures, and more. Check them out on the web for daily deals, including the famous half-price Tuesday. Dana Wharf Sport Fishing, number one angler's choice since 1971. That's Dana Wharf Sport Fishing and Whale Watching, located at 34675 Golden Lantern in Dana Point. You can contact them by phone at 949-496-5794 or on the web at danawharf.com. Daily Adventures, Lifelong Memories, established 1971. Stay connected and follow them on Facebook and Twitter.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy birthday, Tony. This is Angler Chronicles and Ducks Radio, AM830KLA. And when we left, we were talking about barometers. Now let's talk about the moon. Is the moon in the seventh house? Did it align with yeah. Jupiter and <laughs> Mars?
5: You know what? I think the one thing that um, we talked about a while ago, too, was that that there are there are factors that, that exist in nature that have direct... They've got a direct effect on all the wildlife. If it's right. tunas, if it's whatever.
2: It affects hunting, too. It fa- yeah. it mm-hmm.
5: Literally, what it, what's the name of that almanac, Tony, that they used to have?
3: The Farmer's Almanac? The
5: Farmer's Almanac, guys would go through and have, the Farmer's Almanac would tell people when to fish, when to hunt. Right. And you know what? I use title books when I'm fishing a lot of times to figure out if I'm going to fish inshore or offshore, and I think that's that's a huge thing because mm-hmm. throughout my life of both well freshwater and saltwater you see the same but i mean i was just talking to mac mac was saying another thing how how the moon affects his fishing too
2: how does how does, how yeah, does well, it go well definitely
4: i mean you you figure You know, with the moonlight, it kind of lights up everything at night, which, uh, you know, the bugs are always going to be active at nighttime. They're landing on the surface of the water. And those trout, you know, like how Ben was saying with the bass, it it illuminates everything. So they're looking up, watching bugs, you know, hit. I mean, you can throw, I've thrown jigs for them before, you know, glow in the dark jigs or anything like that. And I mean, you're catching trout at at midnight, Mm -hmm. you know, which is typically most freshwater only look for, you know, catfish at Mm -hmm. midnight. Right. but when you know you're looking at that moon and it's like okay well you know it's time to get out there and throw something on them i mean i've got i remember uh, the old you know corona lake you know it was nothing i had five lightnings all at night time between 11 and 12 at night that,
5: mm. that lake had a 19 pounder too or something right uh Cor- corona lake i think it biggest was
4: 23 for trout oh no no i'm talking uh, about largemouth yeah largemouths the same guy caught an 18 and a 19 pounder yeah. On his float tube almost a month apart. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. It is. That's it a, is.
5: that's like one of the top twenty mm-hmm. largemouths ever caught in the world. You no, know, the record is 23, twenty
2: three, right? Twenty two in change. Twenty two. Twenty two three. Yeah. Twenty two uh, and yeah. change, So you need a twenty three. Actually the
5: new one's twenty two yes. four in Japan.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it they're count. It. <laughs> All I know is that we need a 23. One yeah. of us has to catch a 23. Well, you guys or
4: remember Dottie over there at Dixon. Yeah. She yeah. would have just demolished it. Well, she it,
5: was 24-something, yeah. 20. I
4: think 25 was a final weight, wow. and she was found floating. Right. But the angler that caught her last, you know, foul hooked her
2: in the face and a couple weeks yeah. later. But yeah. so
4: they can – it's possible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let, let's talk about this. So, yeah, we got to look for different factors. We looked at barometer. You want to fish when the barometer is low, okay? That's your recommendation. When yeah. the barometer is high, eh, you might not have. I mean, I still go fishing. But mm-hmm. the other but
5: thing, don't don't. The, for all those people out there, don't get us wrong. Like saying, you know, you got to look for a low dropping barometer. No, you have to look for a stable barometer in normal weather. Mm-hmm. You don't want a fluctuating barometer, right? So you look for stable weather. You're looking for a barometer that's sitting, and you see the fish are biting at that. You know, don't. Don't worry about barometer. What I'm talking about is that when the barometer, when you see storms coming in and people don't understand. And I think most people that are in the know understand that when the weather gets crappy and the barometer drops, that's when trophy fishermen fish. Mm They're fishing for largemouths, like uh, Max talking about trout, like whatever. Striper. <laughs> Things start to move around. A bass and a striper are in the same, that's the same genre you're going to, mm-hmm. you, you know, if you're going to catch one, you'll catch the other because they'll be moving around. So the thing about it is, what did I say? Depending on different times of, of the year, right now, as they come in, they're going to eat big baits because they want to get as much protein as they can to help them go through the next month.
2: It's almost like it's they, they go through a little dormant cycle. So it's like let's eat now, okay, mm-hmm. and, and stuff ourselves so that we can last a little longer. So once and then I would imagine once the storms go by, then they come back and start feeding again. Yeah,
5: a lot of times the storms go by and again they become dormant. Really, uh-huh.
2: yeah. okay. they don't
5: they don't do anything, right? And then I can remember like if you find those times and you're not getting bit, and I hate to say it, just fish crawdads if fish you're fishing for bass or. Mm-hmm. Fish live bait because a lot of times we react to live bait and they won't react to a lure because they don't want to expend the energy to chase a lure versus picking up a crowd out off the bottom that's got its pinchers up. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, unfortunately, you guys missed that day, but I remember fishing water dogs, man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Half <laughs> the time, was, time when, they were, when they were sinking, you're, it was like, oh, I got an anchovy on. Look at the line come mm-hmm. off my spool. Ah. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's I think. Okay, so a baromet-
2: barometric pressure is one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's talk about the moon. Uh, the moon, when it's full, at night on the ocean, it lights up everything. Okay, mm-hmm. and if you've ever been like twilight fishing or you like to go out at night, you'll see when the moon is, is is out there. Man, you can see. It's like a light, you know. It's like it's like uh, a lamp is on. Okay, yep. so I have heard many, many, many trains of thought. One of them is, I don't like fishing on the full moon. It's bad for bass. It's bad for this and that. I've heard other guys go, oh, man, I love a full moon. I can catch tuna, yeah. okay? Um, what do we know? Well, we know that if you have a blight that big as the moon on the ocean, it's going to spread out your bait. Your yeah. bait's not going to ball up. My, my thought is, I like bait to ball up. Because if it concentrates, then what's going to be underneath it and around it? Mm-hmm. Fish. Yeah. Fish eat. They follow the bait balls. Yeah, okay? they're,
5: they're cre- I think a lot of what you're saying, too, is I, I'm just thinking about um, the dunes behind there is a, There would be a full-on current of bait, and the bait would be in an area but it would be spread out in an area, and the fish would be underneath that area. Spread out. Spread out. But it's like they were there. And that's a lot of times when people are talking about fishing their jigs and dropping down at night and catching them that way. That's because the fish are on something and staying within an area where those things are at. Right. And all you're doing is you're getting lucky. And remember, the thing that I see a lot of times is fish sometimes will be up and then all of a sudden they're down. Right. So at night, a lot of times people are like, well, I'm getting bit at 300 feet. Mm-hmm. That's their comfort zone. That's where they're sitting. Right?
2: That's way, and also that's where the bait is. A lot of time the bait will yeah. go all or over, the, or
5: the baits on, above them. It, you know? it,
2: it, one of the things, and I, I don't know how to describe it, but um, <clears throat> I can tell on my meter, or whether it be Simrad or Lorenz, whichever you got, you can tell if it's anchovy, if it's sardine, or if it's squid. Okay, it's the way the ball, it, the way it forms when it bunches together. You can tell. I can tell by the colors. Uh, that it makes okay on the screen and the shape of the bait ball okay uh,
5: I, I can tell the difference between fin bait and squid squid but I can't tell the difference between like
2: anchovy and sardine nah, well we haven't seen anchovies in a long yeah. time until recently mm-hmm. I went to the bait receiver and got a got a couple of scoops and I had a, a perfect 50 50 match of sardines and anchovies uh-huh. about the same size which was kind of cool so the sardines were a little bit smaller but the chovies were a little bigger. Chovies, um, they say they're here all, all year long and just sardines are easier to catch for the bait boats, but I haven't seen that many anchovies until recently. Is mm-hmm. that saying something's changing? I think so. Okay, I've been telling everybody La Nina has formed. It's no joke anymore. We have a La Nina at the equator. Can that affect us? I don't know, it may. Point being is, and this is maybe something that we should talk about, adaptability. Okay, so we got change things that we can't control: moon phases, tides. Tides are a big thing, you know. You know where the bait is. Uh, we talk about barometric pressure, rain, rain. Okay, so um, rain, I think has, I think rain affects surface ocean fish, pelagics more than um, freshwater okay because if you've Mm -hmm. ever had an aquarium and taken a saltwater fish and put them in freshwater they're not comfortable Mm -hmm. and so if enough rain falls it creates a layer and and saltwater will separate from freshwater Mm -hmm. okay and it creates that layer they don't like that they're going to go below that how deep that is i don't know it all depends how much rain is falling and whatever current i mean this is a lot of things are going on question is if you want to be better shouldn't you understand the changes so you can adapt with the changes? So and one of the things that well, let's go this, one mm-hmm. of the things we gave a, we gave is try fishing where the barometric pressure is stable mm-hmm. and low. you want to give another one? Yeah, one thing
4: I, um, I've noticed personally with the
2: rain and freshwater is a lot of
4: these lakes they have dirt, rain washes the dirt in there, everything gets cloudy. So what I started doing was I fish a lot lower to the bottom and I'm getting more action with the bottom, whether I'm fishing bait, I'll shrink my leaders. Kind of same thing with scuba diving. If you ever talk to a scuba diver, the lower they get, the clearer it is. Same thing with trout. Mm-hmm. Trout, I mean, they're vision fish. It's,
2: it is a vision mm-hmm. fish, and a scent fish. A scent, exactly. And that's so, why, Tony, mm-hmm. they should douse whatever they have in your bite on.
3: Yeah, the bite on garlic, bite on crimson, you know, those are popular. Wh- wh-
2: so let me ask you a question. Which scent works better um, during like a stormy time?
3: Well, I think all scent in general, I mean, Mm -hmm. if if it was me, there's something that about, you know, a certain scent that is going to drive these fish a little bit crazy. It's going to get there. You know, they may not be able to see because it's cloudy. So they're using their other other scents and trout can smell, you know, like a bloodhound. So, so So they can pick up microparticles in the water and be attracted to something that they may not be able to see. Whereas like catfish, on the other hand, you know, they don't really see, but they can smell. Mm-hmm. and so regardless of whether it's murky or it's cloudy i think using a scent is going to give you that one percent you know just added advantage to hooking up and having a better uh having a better catch day yeah. Oh yeah
2: well uh, look, even in salt water too i mean we yeah. use scents all the time and with the other scent too that i
4: noticed especially with bite on you know you cast that thing in there and you know let's just say it did rain the water's real cloudy all the oils from the bite on it's actually changing this cloud and it's you know with the oil and these fish they'll react to it. They'll come right up to, you know, something that looks different and all of a sudden there's your bait. Now they smell the garlic, now they smell the crimson, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a clear area, you know, with the bait and you're gonna hook up.
5: You know what's interesting to think about? Like he's just talking about I'm sitting here thinking is that he says he has more he has more success deep. That's because I, I believe that if that fresh is coming in there, it's not like what we deal with with the water turning over from deep to top mm-hmm. in the ocean. It's just affecting the top layer mm-hmm. of the stratosphere of the well, water. Well, you
2: also have to consider this. Uh, again, I learned a lot of this just from my aquarium, at an aquarium. It's just you, you learn a lot. The water is a different temperature, too. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. And um, half a degree is a lot. It's okay? actually
5: pushing the warmer water down. Down.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Something they're more used to. Okay, so, um, and they're acclimated to that particular. So it's changing the the temperature of the lake. Same thing happens on the ocean. And the ocean's a little bit more tidal, and we'll talk about that too. Okay? So, all right. So let's, uh, gosh, this is going good. I love this conversation. Folks, you're on Angler Chronicles on Ducks Radio, AM 830 KLAA. The crew is going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Ducks Radio, AM 830,
8: KLAA. Lon, these sunglasses are nice. Yes, Sergio, Inferno USA Eyewear, they are great. They were created eight years ago to provide a far superior product with an unbeatable lifetime warranty. You like the burn
2: Welcome back, everybody! Gosh, I love that song. Sorry to let it play so long. <laughs> on, a, on a Saturday morning, this is perfect. Isn't it great? Is a, a little, I like a little reggae. It's, oh, yeah. um, to the is, what did you call the Garden Grovers? Uh, Sublime was in there. This is stick figure. Uh, I really, I, I found them by chance. Didn't even yeah. know they existed. Heard a few of their songs. The now yeah, <laughs> I, I, I downloaded <laughs> albums from these guys. It was really good. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back, everybody. You're on Ang- Angler Chronicles, and this is Ducks Radio, AM 830 K L A A. We were talking about everything that – not everything, but things that may help you become a better angler, and that's mm-hmm. uh, the, the situations going around you and using these things to your benefit. So before we go any further, we haven't done our freshwater report, Um, I know it's been tough because it has been a lot of rain the last couple of weeks, so uh, Tony, Andrew, why don't you guys take it away?
3: Well, uh, I'll just start with uh, Lake Elsinore because I'm going to go fishing today and I can't wait. It's my birthday, and it's the one day that I really it's look forward to doing. It's my birthday, <laughs> but uh, you know, January first, and we got to get the new fishing license that goes into effect, right? It's already
2: in effect, my for brother, for a whole uh-huh. year. huh. Right. So if you don't have your fishing license, you're you not going anywhere.
3: Yeah, you got to get the fishing license.
2: You yeah. got to go to Turner's first, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless you go to Santa Ana River Lakes and then you don't need one no fishing license no. there no. you go but mm-hmm. at lake Elso, at Lake Elsa you do need it definitely need it. okay and,
3: uh, the fish are biting you know the catfish are pretty active right now and if you're a cat fisherman um you know some of the some of the popular areas are like you were talking about earlier on the shore you know williams bait and tackle they'll put you on the fish if you go into the tackle store he'll tell you exactly you know a nice area where you're gonna probably hook up on a bunch of big so fish. let me
2: ask you a question you know what, what kind of a setup would you recommend like off the shore
3: so if I was using for catfish we're we're obviously you know using thicker line um, bobber fishing is really productive at Lake Elsinore surprisingly because in you know when you're fishing off the shore there's a lot of a uh, lot of rubble a lot of uh, rocks
2: um, I know I've hit one with a yeah. I've actually hit one on a boat oh yeah
4: I was oh, on the boat right. you were on the boat remember <laughs> yeah, when remember we remember I, hit I it? fell down yeah I <laughs> fell down you,
2: can you believe that there's hey a, a lot ben, of structure that's what happened we were actually filming We're on the pontoon and we're getting close to one of the boats and they go. Hey, hold on, guys, there's rocks there. Boom! And yeah. I, I hit the rock. He goes flying into the floor. Okay. But yeah, it was. That was on the Dream Extreme. The there. bug man was rolling in uh, uh that bass. He was rolling in a bass, and, <laughs> and just, then I, I was going to get on closer for John stealthy. to film it, and yep. boom, I hit the <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So um Tony, you're right. There is a lot of debris and it's in places you don't even know. A lot of good structure. Okay, so that you recommend the bower
3: Well, if if you're fishing with the bobber, it's gonna help keep that bait off of the bottom, and mm-hmm. because there's a lot of jagged jagged edge, a lot of jagged rocks, and those catfish, those bigger catfish are hiding in those rock areas. So they're going to naturally just take the bait and go right into the rocks. If you can get a bobber on them, it's going to help give a little bit more uh, it's going to keep it off the bottom number one and it's going to give a little bit more uh, more challenging for that fish to take that weight down
2: okay you guys and uh, you mentioned heavier line how heavy would you go i mean these things are blind right you know if
3: it, it, they're blind but if, if you don't they're not necessarily line sensitive but you got to be aware of the structure and the stuff that you're fishing in and, and chances are you're going to be pulling on some bigger fish. And so typically two-pound test is not going to be my choice, obviously, unless that's mm-hmm. all you have and you're just going fishing for the day. But I would start with six, eight, ten-pound. It really, you know, if you have braid, get some braid. The thick of the line um, or the stronger the line in that case, in that area, is going to be a lot more efficient, especially
2: when there's a yeah, lot well of I'm, t- uh, I'm coming weeds. in with my saltwater bass rod with, yeah. my, with my 300 BV 300 on oh there. Oh, yeah. It's got 30 or 40-pound spectra, and then Mm -hmm. I'll put a 20-pound fluorocarbon leader. Can you imagine that thing? Well, actually, I can. Uh, We've done it. Remember in Irvine Lake? Oh, yeah. Irvine Lake. I mean, I I was actually fishing with four odds back in the day. Four (laughs) odds. Okay? We were catching. We we were filming, and what did did Danny finally say? If it's not not 20, 30 pounds, pounds. I'm not even turning the camera on. Uh We were with Don Spencer. We were catching... Forties and fifties, okay, on blues and and channels, giant and catfish, giant, and it was nighttime. These things bold. You know, I I had gone fishing and we brought some uh, bonita, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. big some chunks bonita. of bonita, and we doused them in your um, the was arm. it the crimson or the garlic? I No, figured.
3: it was the it was the catfish attracting. Cason oh, the catfish
2: attracted, and we just yeah. doused it on. We it we got got it like on like, you, like in the film where Steve Duncan goes, you know, we don't just pour it on. We oh yeah the whole bottle on (laughs) that's what we did and it was crazy created a slick okay and the fish just came on i lost a monster though on 40 pound test at uh, one of the pillars we were on the other side of that rope that they had that those buoys and this thing just took line took me into the it was like a tower and it's got um, a staircase and it got into the staircase and i could could not get him out i remember that that night was crazy Yeah, so so heavier line, heavier I would line. recommend.
3: Yeah, you're gonna catch. I mean, if you're gonna if you're fishing for catfish, you might even catch a nice big carp. There's giant carp in there too. Yeah. So you know, typically, if you're targeting the catfish, you're using bait that's going to be more towards the bottom of the of the of the ground. But you know, I've seen people hit on spinners and rattlers. So you know, you can you can be fishing for a bass and you might catch a catfish there's a lot there's so many different fish in that in that lake you can literally look yeah that's you. the
2: one thing i mean it's also great for crappie mm-hmm. okay the, the wipers are almost wipers, there almost um, yeah. okay we you know Steve always said uh one inch per they're, month they're yep. about an inch away I'd they're say. about an inch away so yeah. about a month away so maybe maybe yeah month, february months, march yeah. right at spring yeah you know what robin williams said about spring uh-huh. it's nature's way of saying let's party uh-huh. okay so that's <laughs> probably what's going to happen <laughs> So, okay, so that's Lake Elsinore. Still good bite going on.
3: Still good bite, and I can't wait to, yeah. It's Elsinore's, steady. It's, it's steady, steady, and, it, you know, well, they've been doing such a good job over on the last the few years of
2: stocking, and mm-hmm. they don't stock just
3: a couple of pounds. They're stocking 50,000 heads of fish at a time. Right. Some of them are fingerlings. Some are a little bit bigger. When they're stocking the bass, they're a pound, a pound and a half, so they're, they have a chance to grow bigger, and uh, we're going to see some and adapt. I think a, a small mm-hmm. fish that years. can
2: adapt to the lake uh, we'll I can't wait coming.
3: the start going off there.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. going to
3: be a lot of fun. Yeah, I love that.
2: All right, so that, that's Lake Elsinore. Um, what else you got there, Andrew? Um,
4: so a little bit north, uh, Santa Ana River Lakes. Uh, they stocked again on Thursday. Um, again, another full load of trout, big trout coming in. They're putting double digits every week. Um, I know a couple weeks back they had a 19-pounder, which is the biggest trout caught in the many years mm-hmm. over there um but again you know i talked to craig weekly uh, over there and uh i mean they're going to continue doing this all trout season you know it's not going to be every week where you're going to see a big giant giant one but when the fish are there they're coming in and there's going to be a few over 20 pounds all right all big right. big trout so from there uh, um, you know then you have mountain lakes you know one of tony's you know awesome uh, camping destinations up there Uh, They stocked again uh, on Thursday, uh, 500 pounds in each lake, and the trout, you know, the trout are coming in from Jess Ranch, and uh, they're biting. I mean, a lot of guys are getting them on jigs on Friday morning, Uh, and then uh, Saturday, Sunday comes around, then they're kind of switching the bait as they go a little bit deeper, Um, but, you know, those fish are definitely biting very good. And then uh, from there, we're going to go over the San San Bernardino County Lakes, uh, which they continue to stock every week. With, uh 799 pounds and then uh, 100 pounds are mixed in in each lake uh with the uh, Calveras uh golden trout which are you know we all know them as lightning trout oh, right. but every hatchery they're only able to call them a certain amount because you know mountain La- i mean uh, mount lassen has the trademark for the lightning trout mm-hmm. um and then uh if we go over to parado uh this uh actually on thursday they uh, they double stock parado uh with 1598 pounds so, 1,600, wow. Yeah, Fifty. Yeah. so they're... is uh, you know, small,
2: so that's a lot of fish.
4: Yeah, yeah, so it's it's a good amount of fish uh, going in Prado. And then, uh, um, I mean, you know, fish are going to start heating up all over the place as far as drought. I mm-hmm. mean, a so lot you, of the... You realize
2: Ben is scratching his head because you're saying Prado, and it's actually Prado.
5: It's, it's, it's the dam, Prado, right? right. Prado right. Dam. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, I know where that is. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm. yeah then it's <laughs> right there in Chino. Um, the state is actually stocking a lot of lakes. Like Silverwood's been getting stocking, Pyramid, Castaic. Uh, they've been stocking just about every week, and, uh, you know, the big striper are coming in. Mm-hmm. They're coming in to slam those baits, so like how Ben was saying, if you got a big swim bait, take your time, get out there, and cast, and cast, and cast, and cast. Don't I give up casting. Star, I get,
2: DVL, mm-hmm. wide open stripers, and this is going to blow your mind on a salas 7X. Yeah. that work. You know who told me that one? Um, oh, gosh, Mark Agashi. Yeah, okay. he yeah, goes go crazy stuff. go crazy i yeah. go Dude, really, yeah, go throw a surface iron that's cool. and it's amazing okay yeah. and uh it's good 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 good
4: yeah that's cool and then uh so now we got orange county with irvine lake uh, a couple of those lakes as well are stocking uh or stock this week as well um but irvine what i've been seeing some uh um of all things uh what are they um sturgeon a couple of sturgeon have been caught and they're big. They're like 30, 30 35 well, they, pounds. They've I been mean, in there forever. Forever. Yeah. Sturgeon's been there yeah, forever. Yeah, little dinosaurs. You know, of course, people, those are
2: catch and release. A lot you know. of people were catching them and something just took, them off, took off and they didn't mm-hmm. understand what it was. On two. Can you imagine on two-pound tests, Jeez. one of those yeah. big... They've got... Um, well, Diana c- c- hooked on a what? A about a hundred-pounder? Yeah. She didn't wasn't able to land it, but we they I saw it. It. Mm-hmm. it was about it was filmed about uh, she was on two or four pound yeah. test. So
5: so if you're fishing yeah. trout, a lot of times that's the problem. No know? no, but the cool thing about it is clean a trout, take his innards, and if you have like lady stockings whatever, you can put all the innards. That's what we fish for them in the rivers. We take trout innards and, and putting in it a, up with that they're trash nylon. fish and then just drop it mm-hmm. down.
2: Wow, okay.
4: All right. Yeah, so one, uh, one more thing I do want to touch. Uh, I'll cover this story here in the next couple months. But uh, Lake Amador, they have a new strain of trout coming. They're called uh, – blue. Uh, it's a blue trout. Basically, it's like, you know, the lightnings pretty much. Right. But they're a blue
2: color. They have about—I th- want to say it's about but two. What, to th- uh, are they uh, are they infringing on the color of the Angler Chronicles um, logo? It, <laughs> <laughs> it was something back east. I guess they
4: found a couple in, in one of their mixes, so they took those trout out, got the eggs, and then uh, the hatchery back east started breeding them, making these blue. I, I think they're they're I I don't think they named them yet. Mm-hmm. I want to say they're like they're going to call them blue something. But AC Blues. Yeah. So I I think in uh, October is blue when they're going to be ready. Right now they're about little less than a pound. Um, But in October, they've got that right size, so you're going to see a a new strain of trout in California. And that's Lake Amador, right? Lake Amador, yeah. They've got some
3: very secretly big, giant fish in there. Oh, yeah, they got big ones. They got
5: giant bass in that lake, buddy.
4: Yeah,
3: Yeah. they do. So just
5: remember, there's two lakes, Amador and Mm -hmm. Amador. So a lot of people are like, where's Amador? It's up in the hills. Mm -hmm. Amador is down here in the valley,
4: so. Aminor. that's yeah. that's a, that's a fun lake. <laughs> There's there. two different <laughs> ones.
5: The thing is, well, I'm wondering about San Diego. How's Jennings and how's uh, uh, yeah Jennings?
4: Uh, let's see Jennings Lake, Poway. <laughs> you know uh, uh, Dixon. They've all stocked recently. Um, you got Santee Lake's going to start to st- uh, actually just stocked on the 31st. Uh, you got a uh, uh, Dixon Lake. Uh, they stocked uh, last week, 1500 pounds. Um, but one thing about Dixon is that they cl- uh, they closed some of the boating areas. So they don't want like a you know I I guess you would call it a, a as you're going to the back by the dam to the left at like that real famous boating area where everybody's crowd their boats in because the trout holds there. Now they have a line that goes across in that area and you can't fish it on boats. So it's a shore fish only. So it's actually causing a lot of people to hike in, which is cool because you know, you you do your work you hike in that mile or two mile whatever it is and then you know you're catching fish. But it's giving those a lot more uh, a lot more chance to catch stuff. And then you have like. Uh, lake Poway, uh, they're stocking 1,500 pounds uh, every two weeks. Uh, Jennings, uh, they just stocked on the 27th. With, Jennings uh, is another good lake. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, 1,500 pounds, and then uh, then you go a little bit north to uh, Kern, and you got Isabella. Uh, they've been doing state stocks. Um, I've heard the crappie, um, kind of one of those hush huts. You know, we're getting uh, mid lake, you know, crappie showing up, <laughs> uh, catfish, and then uh, they actually announced their fishing derby. Um, it's going to be from April 9th of 2022 to july 4th again kind of how they did last year where they give you a a couple months they're going to stock everything in the beginning and they're going to have a fish that's worth five grand you know tag trout all the way to 20 bucks so i mean there i think it was what like 500 fish all tagged so that's that's another one to look for all right so that that's that's pretty solid Mm -hmm. remember
5: kern river's right below that
4: yeah yeah kern all right yeah kern's been very low is what i've heard though not a lot of water hopefully this rain and snow is going to bring a lot in but from what I've been seeing, was that, you know. I heard they got eight
2: feet just in two days. Probably. Snow. Snow. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, so man, this this water's been really, really good to us. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, you mentioned a lot of trout. It yeah. looks like that's going to be the thing. Yeah. Recommendations for trout, two-pound test.
4: Two-pound test. Uh, if you're going to be jig fishing, uh, white worms have been really good lately. Um, uh, Yellow-white hookup baits. Um, anything that's going to imitate, you know, a little bait fish, anything like that with the uh, plastics. Also, if you're using a nice little crappie jig, tip it. Get a mealworm, put a mealworm on the hook, rip the tail off, that way it's still moving around, but it gets that that, uh, that scent, and then, of course, dip it in the bite-on. You
2: okay, want to overdo it with bite-on. All right, and then the last thing I'll ask you is fluorocarbon or regular line 2-pound?
4: To me, I I would eliminate as many knots as possible. So if I can run just straight Isers 2-pound on the reel directly to your hook, Rather than do like you know a, a combination knot from some guys are using braid, it's like two pounds just fine. Leaders, yeah, if
3: yeah. You, you know the night before we used to do you know different size leaders. Now you can just go straight to the hook or straight to the
2: straight mm-hmm. to the jig. So you're saying monofilament is just fine. Monofilament is just fine. All right. And I prefer f- floral and a big net. And a big net, <laughs> of course, and that big enough to fit you. You've got one of those oh, monster yeah, nets. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, listen, we're going to take a short break here. When we come back, we'll uh, continue the conversation. Thank you for a great uh, freshwater mm-hmm. report. This is Angler Chronicles on Ducks Radio, AM830, KLAA. We'll be right back. Ducks
0: Radio, AM830, Ducks Radio, AM 830, KLAA.
2: Chronicles on Ducks Radio, AM 30KLAA, and we're having a great time. And I want to bring on to the show right now none other than Mr. Steve Carson, the director of the Penn Fishing University. Dear friend, Happy New Year, Steve. Happy New Year, Sergio. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Let me bring you up to date. We've been talking about barometric pressure and how it affects fishing. We've talked a little bit on moon and how that affects the ocean and fresh water and then we just heard um uh, tony and andrew given an a fantastic fish report there's a lot of fish being stocked right now by the state and by private lakes, so it looks really good the, the last thing i asked um andrew as we went to break is you know how how he would fish these trout and he mentioned that he would go with straight mono he doesn't need at two-pound test, and he said something at the end that reminded me of you, that you have to have a, a net big enough <laughs> to fit yourself in. And you know what? He does. We went fishing in <laughs> the fin and feather, yep. and he had this net. And I'm going, how did he even fit in your car? I have no idea.
4: <laughs> it's three feet by five feet. <laughs> three feet by
2: five feet. Do you think that'll do it, uh, Carson? Well,
9: that, that'll do it. You don't necessarily have to get that. You don't have to get a bear net. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just about uh, all tackle stores and you know even uh, some of the big boxes carry salmon nets, and you know, and they're you know they're not quite that big. I guess they're maybe I don't know, you know, twenty-four inches around, give or take, and you know maybe at least thirty-six inches deep in terms of the netting. Um, that's more than enough for any trout you're going to run into. Uh, salmon, and, and you know, and, and people. People look at those. They go, "Oh my God, those are ridiculous nets." You really, once you get north of San Francisco in California, there's tons of salmon. I mean, and yeah, it'd be is. foolish not to mm-hmm. have a net like that. Mm-hmm. It's actually the most common kind of net. And why people, I, I guess I don't know. Maybe they they learned about fishing from movies or something. They they go to their favorite tackle store. They buy all the you know all the best rods and reels and. And, you know, the best the best power bait and, and good lures and this and that. And they buy this ridiculous tiny little net mm-hmm. that, it, you know, for any trout bigger than 12 inches is not going to work. It's not even really very good for them because it also has a handle that's like six inches long.
2: <laughs> so it really me,
9: can't ex- extend it at all. Yeah, yeah, me, I, why let, people do that, I don't know.
2: Let me add this. Try to get a net that's made out of plastic versus rope. Okay, because if you're going to release a fish, it's mm-hmm. a lot easier well, the, on the fish. The
9: trick is the, the the trick is you know the eco nets or the release nets. They have a lot of different names. Uh-huh. They're not. They, they may be plastic, but you can also get the really cool ones. Are uh, they start out with the same nylon net that you're used to, and they dip it in rubber, so it's totally rubberized, mm-hmm. and um, it's got a real good. I don't know what the word is, if the word is right is texture or feel, or whatever. But, uh, but it works really good for, uh, for getting fish that you intend to release because yeah. you're right.
8: And you hear- know knotted,
9: here... Knotted nylon nets, uh, they take the fish's slime off, they take, uh, you know, they take scales off. And if you're in salt water and you're netting something like a halibut, you know, that's kind of a sideways fish, um, it can split their tail. And uh, then when you release them, it's possible that that may get... Um, Uh, You know, an infection or something like that. And I want to remind everybody, Sergio, because we run into this every once in a while. Um, All saltwater anglers in boats are required by law to have a net that can, you know, that's, uh, and without looking it up, I believe it says 18 inches across. Mm -hmm. I believe that's that's the legal limit. Uh, To make sure that nobody says, oh, uh that, that undersized halibut or that undersized white sea bass or whatever the species might be um i had to gaff him so uh he was going to die anyway so i kept him you know the, 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 <laughs> ward, the wardens don't want to hear that story so no. ha- you are legally required to have a net in the boat with you
2: yeah and, and then one other thing you know we at angler chronicles are not what you would call preservationists but we are conservationists you know save as many fish as you can the idea is to make sure the sport goes mm-hmm. well into the future, and uh, especially in the ocean because we don't stock the ocean. Although lately they they've started with yeah, the sea bass <laughs> and the halibut. Yeah, yeah,
9: they stocked a little bit. Yeah, but well, and then, and actually, I th- I think I put something up on um, uh, Friends of Angler Chronicles this this past week, just uh, just before Christmas. They stocked they they meaning California DFW. In addition to the millions that they already stocked, an additional, speaking of salmon, two million salmon were stocked uh, just in the last couple of weeks.
2: Are they doing anything about the seals? Uh, Sea lions, actually. Yes,
9: they're telling them. To go
2: to your house and beg for food. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the problem. They have a, they put them out. And they, the sea lions just eat them as fast as they can. But anyway, um, this is good. You know, we are, like I said, we take care of nature because mm-hmm. uh, we, we love. That's our playground. So you got to keep it clean, and that's the other thing. Keep it clean. I cannot believe the amount of junk that's in the water these days. Every time there's a Santa ana type wind conditions. I pick up so many balloons. I didn't even know there were so many parties going on that I didn't know about, Ben.
5: No, they release their balloons. Yeah.
2: Oh, they release them. Don't, Don't release them. put them in em. the air and release them. They're ding yeah. yeah. dongs. Pop them and But put you them in know the what?
5: There, there's something that's pretty interesting that uh, Mac was saying, which you weren't listening to during the break. Uh huh but there's a very unique fishery developing, you know, between Huntington Beach Uh and Newport.
2: Let's talk about that. Yeah, Yeah.
5: and it's something that doesn't happen all that often, but when it happens, other things happen too, on the outside. So what happened?
4: Exactly, so basically what's going on right now is uh, not only are you hearing striper in freshwater, but now you're starting to hear them in the saltwater. It's one of those hush-hush things, we're gonna say you're caught in mid-lake in the ocean, of course, but they are uh, surrounded in the Orange County area. But what it, what guys are seeing right now, um, as the uh, you know the uh, um, the water comes in, the water is going out, they're picking up stripers, and they're not little ones. Wow. These are double digits. These are ten to fourteen pounds. Um, I was talking to a guy earlier in the week. Um, he had three of them in forty-five minutes throwing Lucky Crafts. Lucky know?
2: Crafts. Okay. But again,
4: if you're gonna throw a lure off the shelf, make sure you switch the hooks out because the problem he was getting was every fish he had to rebend each trouble hook on there mm-hmm. i mean you might want to put them out with some owner hooks or something something you know some good quality and uh you know you hook one of these fish to me i mean that's always been something i've been trying to do is catch a salt uh, saltwater striper i'm not going to go east coast you know i'm going to do it out here somewhere but for a guy to catch not one but three over 10 pounds that's that's something you know
5: what there's a there's a lot of spots that um, produced them like uh, I've actually caught one in Newport mm-hmm. and then I caught one in Dana and they were all caught not expecting them
4: mm-hmm.
5: right so the thing about it it's just you see them and I remember specifically a couple years ago this guy was going there's fish boiling all and I gotta throw a swim bait over there
4: mm-hmm. and he
5: caught a striper it was like five years ago or something that's cool you never know what's going to happen but I remember one spot you know where it's between I think it's like Right where Newport starts, where that where the water's coming in. You know what I'm talking about. So there's it's like a, a
4: Corona Del Mar. No, no Santa no, no. Ana River. Santa Ana River. I live on top of that hill. So there was right there was
5: a bite that went in there, mm-hmm. and then there was another one. You know where the marshes in Huntington, where it's all protected. Yeah. There was another bite in there on those things, and there was there was stripers getting caught in there and white sea bass at the same time, and that was oh, wow. years ago. Wow. guys were telling me about it, and I was like, you're kidding me. And you know what they were catching them on? Bucktails, both of them.
4: Wow. No. Well, but no. like what you're saying, Ben, is like, you know, when you start seeing stripers show up, that could lead to other things.
5: No, no, I'm just saying that, that <laughs> if the water is the water's mm-hmm. trimming down and you could talk to Steve about it, Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were it, it, it all depends on what's going on with the currents on the outside mm-hmm. if there's a current that's going to blow on in and do something they were could be a very big possibility in the next couple of years yeah, yeah anyway. see
2: the people don't realize that there's a lot of currents and something may be happening on the surface something else is happening in the middle and something even different is happening on the bottom whoa, whoa, there's whoa. currents coming in and out
5: But thing about the bluefin it yeah. came out of nowhere right that right. was a current change in the world Mm -hmm. right that was it that was something that happened within the oceans of the world that things change things are gonna it's not gonna last forever I firmly believe that so Mm. as things change and continue to change it's like the best thing to do is try to look for information in the past because when the bluefin showed up first place I went to was the tuna club to figure out what the hell was going on hundred years ago they saw the same thing
2: same phenomenon yeah okay so they're following uh, these warm water they're warmer water Um, currents and they do occur i mean i have actually i can't say i've seen it but i mean i I know of certain studies that they've done where they they, even in just 100 feet you know what the surface temperature is you obviously would expect the temperature below to be very very cold Mm -hmm. however in the middle it was actually warmer than the surface go figure that out it wasn't by a lot but by a few degrees and that's enough for any saltwater fish. Mm-hmm. See, All right, we, we don't
5: have a Gulf Stream, so we should talk about that. The Gulf Stream is well, crazy. Let's, on the East let's Coast bring it up.
2: Crazy. Let's bring it up. All right, folks. You're <coughs> on Angels Radio, Ducks Radio, AM 830, AM 830, KLAA. the Zangra Chronicles. We'll bring right back.
1: Welcome back to hour number two with more fishing, more hunting, and more adventures on Angler Chronicles.
2: Welcome back, everybody. I know you guys are always used to having the sheriff, but we gave the sheriff the day off. It is New Year's Day. But I want to share with you guys what's going to be on tomorrow on television on Bally Sports West, and that will be the East Cape Wahoo Gold Cup. This is an episode that uh, myself and Ron and Jack and Larry headed down to the... East Cape and actually competed in the Wahoo Gold Cup. We came in fourth. Okay, a lot of fun, a lot of fishing, a lot of Wahoo. Highly recommend that we stayed at the Van Womers Hotel Palmas de Cortez, and there in Los Bajiles, in Baja California Sur. And just to keep an eye, I'll let you know there was more than forty-one thousand dollars in cash. Available and then they had a, a, a pickup truck a Volkswagen pickup truck. You could win, too. You know what we won? <coughs> nothing nothing for fourth, fourth huh? place. Yeah, wow. no, and, and six ounces separated Fourth from first oh Wow goodness. on a 35 35 to 40 pound fish So that's that's <coughs> not a lot six ounces, but anyway, uh, it'll air tomorrow morning at 830. Okay, the Wahoo uh, Gold Cup And it is my understanding that the new 2022 Wahoo Gold Cup has already been set for August 22nd. Okay, so August 22nd, 2022 will be the Wahoo Gold Cup. And highly recommend it. It's friendly. It's fun. And... um, it's East Cape. I mean, the East Cape is awesome. I mm-hmm. love it. The weather's always good, and there's always a lot to catch. All right? So that's on Bally Sports West tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. You can see that, and it'll play five times during the week. So more information, you can go to our Facebook page this afternoon. If not, go to our website, anglerchronicles.com, and as soon as you come up, it'll it'll have the trailer. and give you an idea of what's going to be on TV tomorrow. Okay? So... Coming back up <laughs> north from the East Cape, um, let's continue this conversation. You guys are you're going crazy on. Well, sir, uh, or, sir, yeah. sir, I
9: wanted to just go backwards to something that, that the guys hit on uh, in the earlier segment, um, which is the popularity of Lucky Crafts and and, and and you know and jerk baits and stick baits like that, uh, which is a, a somewhat new phenomenon in Southern California surf. And although most people that use them are targeting halibut um there's been as 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 mentioned a lot of incidental catches of stripers and some really nice ones and also as mentioned the hooks that come with just about all of them are not very good they're either made for that the hooks that they come with are either made for freshwater fish or they're just the cheapest hooks they could get and uh, absolutely they should uh, retrofit them with owner treble hooks um if you use a real light line you know like eight, Palmano, the ST36. I like to use the ST41 Owner Treble. That's a, that's a black hook. And uh, some people do like to get a, a plated hook for a little more corrosion resistance. The ST46. And then just match. One thing that I would do is you, you match the size hook that the lure comes with because generally lures are balanced to swim best with hooks of a certain weight or a certain size. And if you just suddenly decide, oh, I'm going to put a hook that's three times bigger on it, um, it's, it's not going to swim right. So, okay. uh, But definitely the factory hooks, and a lot of lure companies do that. I, uh, I can't quite figure out why they do it. That the hooks that the, that the lure comes with, even really good lures, are sometimes really not very good at all. So just a little thing to uh, to go backwards. Now you can go forwards again, Sergio. <laughs>
2: well, and if people are, are thinking about releasing releasing fish, try the single uh hook replacement a single replacement hook it's just one hook i've done that with all my big lures uh for wahoo we were talking about wahoo for tomorrow all my uh, these nomads that came out of nowhere i really enjoy those and i changed the hooks So the hooks are really not up to par but you change them out with a single replacement hook or a treble hook and i absolutely agree with you the same size as they came with or balance for that okay so we were so that takes care of that make sure you go to the owner of hooks catalog you can see everything there you go online and get it but let's continue this conversation with you guys um, we're talking about the the stripers and then everything else that goes along with it mm-hmm. okay yeah, so. no,
5: it's just it's just like uh, that's rarity it's happened like believe it or not my wife caught one probably I've been married 30 years, so it was probably 30 years ago my wife caught one in Back Bay in mm-hmm. Newport. That's why I'm telling you, it's like a lot of times they show up and you're gonna catch them. Is in there the any rhyme or place. reason? Is
2: there something they're looking for? Are you guys uh, you think it's uh, any topography that we should be aware uh, to of? To me,
5: there's, it's one thing. I don't I don't know it to be true, but I mean, a lot of times where fish are, are bred, for instance, they'll show back up right a lot of times that happens or else like they've always people used to say there was always stripers in newport i mean in my entire life of fishing newport and i fished it a ton i caught one she went out on her first trip and caught one right right? so it's like you see them in different places but when they were in dana point i saw them a couple times in dana point just swim right by the boat when i was coming in from
9: fishing outside
2: how about you steve you see them in redondo
9: Uh, Not so much a redondo. Uh, I think maybe the common thread uh, to stripers showing up all around Southern California is somewhere nearby an inflow of fresh water. It can be pretty gnarly, not necessarily uh, uh, the cleanest water in the world. It can can literally be a storm drain. But if you have flowing fresh water, there's also one spot in Southern California that I know of, where there's actually a freshwater spring inside of one of the bays. And uh, so th- it's not obvious that there's, that there's freshwater coming in, but, but it is coming in. And the, the guys that fish here for stripers at night, you know, they don't catch a ton of them, but they get one more than every once in a while. And, and there's a lot of stripers, I should say, in the state of California. Um, we think in SoCal of stripers as a freshwater species, because they come down, you know, the California Water Project, they come down the aqueduct uh, via the California Delta, and they end up, you know, in Silverwood, et cetera, et cetera. We catch them there. But stripers are an anadromous fish. They spend most of their life in salt water, and they have to swim up some kind of a freshwater source to, to spawn. Uh, there is some rumor, sort of the southernmost spot, that there supposedly is enough flowing fresh water for them to spawn is in, uh, in the missile base there, right? you know, the military base, right there uh, at Point Conception, which is considerably further south than the Delta. So it would be a very easy move if the stripers were going in there to spawn for some of them to head south or an increasing number of them to head south. You know, but really, I mean, there's a lot of stripers. Uh, in the state, and interestingly enough, way, way back in the day, like 50 years ago, the, um, when when the currents were different, uh, the Stripers moved north from San Francisco area, that, from the Delta area, and there was a large population up in Coos Bay, Oregon. I mean, a big population, and some really big ones. And over the years, that, that population kind of dwindled to where it's, uh, it's, it's very, very small now. And uh, uh, again... Whatever, whatever change in the currents there may be, um, we're seeing. I would say there were always some stripers in SoCal, but uh, they're showing up more. And you know what? Maybe it's just social media, and now we're seeing more reports.
2: Well, may- may- that. maybe that's the case. But there is something. there, there are changes that are occurring. We were talking about all the different things that can affect. So I don't want to dwell too much because the chances of you catching a striper off the beach, even if they're around, yeah they're they're slight okay but 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 Mm -hmm. they are there the important thing is that they are there and talking changes and stuff let's talk about
5: Well, let's talk about change right now you were talking to me yesterday about you know we're putting a close to um 2021 Mm -hmm. right and we had some fantastic tuna fishing we saw all sorts of really good fishing like coming into 2022 what should be what should we be looking for and you know right now on the beach a lot of guys are a lot of guys quietly are catching a whole bunch of big yellows, and the home guards are okay, biting. So, slow
2: down so they people you heard <laughs> correctly. Okay, we're talking the beginning of January, yellowtail, and not little ones. These are the home guards. These are the guys, that, the, the yellowtail that live there. Yeah. 20 to 25 pounds, they're biting.
5: Yeah, and they're, I mean, it's not just one spot. It's up and down. And so
2: what, what's in the water, you may say, that get these things going? life squid life squid is in the water it's showing up they're dude well, they will the surface
5: well, iron real good
2: but but they, they're very active and that they're, they're come out to play because the the, the right bait is out there they's got their uh, it's their their interest cool. so let's do this we've got 3 segments left we're uh, left we're about to go to a break What I'd like to hear from each of you okay and think about it over the break a highlight trip maybe one or two notable catches of 2021 and then your prediction for 2022, but I also wanna know what you would like to add to the repertoire, okay, for 2022 for you, for yourself. You know, what what would you like to do? In other words, what fish do you wanna catch um, in 2022? Is that, are we all in agreement? Can we do that? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think so. Okay, uh, for some, it'll be easier, for some, it'll be harder. Okay, but um, Tony, you gotta do it with, hopefully, a one-piece rod. <laughs> All right, and um, see, this is the perfect song for that. Oh, okay. yeah. Iron Man. Show okay, what now. are you going to do? All right, folks, this is Ducks Radio, AMA 30 L A A Anger Chronicles. We'll be right back. Ducks Radio,
0: AMA 30
6: Fishing fanatics will love a value-packed membership in Freedom Boat Club. For only a one-time entry fee and low monthly dues, you can access offshore fishing boats, walk-arounds, bow riders, pontoons, and cruisers freedom boat club of huntington beach and san diego plus 950 boats at nearly 100 locations nationwide hook up with freedom boat club and get three months free on all new memberships call 888-781-7363 that's 888-781-7363 or cruise to freedomboatclub.com for details
0: ducks radio am 830 klaa
2: Welcome back, everybody. You like
4: this? You like this, it looks like this music? I yeah. started learning the piano. I mean, all these songs. You know this song.
2: Yeah. Keep it going, there, uh, Howard. Mm-hmm. This song is by Stick Figure. We have a lot of songs by mm-hmm. Stick Figure. I was telling Ben, I Ben knew I, I had no idea they existed. Yeah. Okay. By chance, I found Tanja Rodeo. <laughs> I, I like it. This song is called "Sentenced." Okay. I've been sentenced play with you boys today i like it all right let's uh let's get back on it this is ducks radio ama30 KLA. and this is in chronicles and um i wanted to really get a feedback from you guys uh, maybe a little synopsis of you know highlights of 2021 mm-hmm. um let me go with bottom of the totem pole we gotta go to the bottom of the totem pole so <laughs> andrew mack um uh, tell me You know maybe one or two highlight trips of 2021
4: okay i'll say i'll start with saltwater my first uh, highlighted trip would be on uh, the ocean odyssey i was back there in january it's like january 4th i think i was able to hook a yellowtail one of three um on a uh on a little squid jig and um i mean that was just that's a start off the year right you know and especially one of those trips down to Colinette, which is a place i've never been before you know dropping uh, you know Rick said oh, we're marking yellows at like I think it was like 140 feet I think we were like in 500 feet So I um, I did a reverse dropper loop and I mean the the little squid I was using um, it wasn't heavy enough to get down there So I put an eight ounce uh, a sinker there on the bottom put the squid on the top And I was just yo-yo and then cranking it up really quick drop it down crank it up and like the third I think you know picking it up really quick all of a sudden it started pulling down and sure enough I knew what it was because it was running so that was definitely a highlight on uh, the salt water." As far as freshwater, you know, I, I know she's probably gonna be listening right now, uh, but definitely on our honeymoon we went to uh, you know I was married in uh, September and uh, she agreed to let me go fishing on my honeymoon so we went to uh, uh, Wyoming and uh, Teton National and uh, uh, and Yellowstone and in Teton um, you know I was able to catch my first uh, lake trout never had a chance to do that and also uh, my biggest cutthroat um, out of the Snake River and uh, what was cool about that is. I don't think those fish have ever seen hookup baits before because it was, I mean, it was like, <laughs> we left them biting, I'll put it that way. The first day, we <laughs> hour and a half, I think we had 60 to 70 that it was every cast, caught, let it go, caught. I mean, it was to the point where I smashed every barb I had on the hookup bait to make sure that those fish were swimming away. And, um, I mean, the second day we were fishing, I mean, there was three of us, and it was probably, I'm not even, 160, 170 trout where I caught 15, let him go. I put my trout rod away, and I just sat there with the net and watched my wife every cast, every cast, hook up, cutthroat, cutthroat, oh and then she right. caught the big brown. Right. Enough, enough, we got it. <laughs> so
2: I like, like the fact gave us a salt water and a fresh water. Well, mm-hmm. Good for you. You're still six feet under. Okay. <laughs> let me go to our dearest friend there, uh, Steve Carson. You got a, you had a lot of good trips. You, you went on a lot of long ranges this year.
9: Yeah, I I had a lot of really good trips. Um you know, uh, several different trips to uh, Guadalupe Island, uh, sometimes with the sharks present. And, you know, the sharks to me are are maybe less annoying than they are to some other people. Maybe I'm a little bit jaded, and I, I can afford to say, oh, well, the shark got that one. But I, I really never get tired of seeing one of those giant things right next to the boat. It's like looking at a T-Rex under the boat. Um, but on the other hand, I really enjoy being at the island when there's no sharks. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had it both ways a couple of times this year, and both, you know, it's just going there. It's just so spectacular. Had some really good, really good fishing locally. You know, the local tuna. I would say to everybody, just like Ben, it's not going to last forever. Um, I think it might last a few more years. It might even last five more years, which would be really cool. Um, but at some point, it's going to end. So get out there and and do it while you can. Yeah, I
2: think that's the message. Get out there and do it. Changes are happening. Uh, Get it done. All right, Mr. Tony Williams, I'm coming to you highlight
3: the highlight of my uh the hi- well I had two freshwater highlights really this year where I, I just one of the best trips ever one was in florida at, at icast we did some bass fishing uh-huh. so i got to take melina and my mom out and they got on some bass we were catching four to five pounders and uh you know to see them light up with that type of fishing for the first time was phenomenal we had a guide and it was just one of the best days ever and then uh locally here when we had the trout opener up in mammoth Uh, Andrew and I went up, and uh, (laughs) Doug and my brother Eddie, and we did the boys fishing trip, and I've never experienced so much uh, broad fishing from different locations, and um, it was cold. It was, you know, 85-mile-an-hour gusts of wind, almost impossible to fish, but a memory that will go down in the history books, and, uh, you know, watching Andrew, it was like a little kid in a, you know, (coughs) every place we went, we were uh, knee-deep in water, and um, we were catching... We were catching Mm -hmm. a lot of different types of fish. So it was fun to to weather the storm and get out there and and be in the elements with your friends and and look forward to maybe a perfect year this year coming up uh, for the opener. Uh, It's going to be another phenomenal
2: Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right. Mr. Ben, it's up to you. I mean, yours, <laughs> yours I, I kind of left for last because I know it's going to be...
5: Oh, no, no, mine's a quickie. Mine's it's a, a quickie, quickie, really. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had I've had phenomenal fishing this year, and I appreciate it, if not yellows locally and, you know, that stuff. But I would say that the, the two top trips for me was going with Jesse Gould, getting on Dwayne's boat, and um, fishing 13 flying fish underneath the kite, hooking and seven, and... Uh, Land in seven and six of them being over two hundred pounds, mm-hmm. so that was probably in my life. That and was not just that yeah. was just not this year. That was over the entire my lifetime there. And then, mm-hmm. the other thing was um, taking my wife to Pyramid with Chad from Hookup Bates and uh, drilling them and watching her catch a fish that was damn near close to 19 pounds. Very cool. So I would say that. And then, again, I always loved my time up at Crawley, so I caught some really nice browns. The, n- the number of fish wasn't the game this year, but the quality of the fish was better.
2: Quality. All right. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the, the funny thing is my favorite trip this year had nothing to do with me fishing. It had to do with watching Rhonda. Just go to town. You know, uh, Rhonda's been fishing for, what, two years, three years? Mm-hmm. So we went to the East Cape, and we were, were filming, and just watch her catch one after the other. And then watch her listen. and that's the, one, that's the one thing, you know, I will say this. We try to teach you and, and share with you what we know. And so when you're on a fish, we try to tell you, hey, do this, do that. And a lot of times we get yelled at. and You guys bark at us. But you don't, you don't realize what we're trying to do is get you to, you know, make sure you get that fish. And sometimes you do something you don't even realize. Even I still do little mistakes. And I'll say, hey, do this, do that. And I realize, oh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. You know, cause it becomes part of the fight and your adrenaline is pumping. The nice thing about Rhonda, anyway, and, and a lot of the ladies and a lot of the kids, they, they listen. And I think this is why the curve for women fishing has been so much better. They're listening. And they're not picking up all the bad habits. And when they Mm -hmm. do pick up bad habits, they correct it. So I got to watch Rhonda land 130, 140-pound sailfish. I mean, um, marlin, striped marlin, um, on 40-pound test, stand-up, no belt. And um, she wasn't fishing for it. She was dropped. We were near a reef, and we wanted to get some pargos for dinner. So uh, we dropped down. It was 200 and some odd feet in a dropper loop. And she goes, Oh, I got something. And she's coming up and you could tell her she had something heavy, but it wasn't really fighting. Okay. And then all of a sudden, you know, she and she's working it and working it and working it. And all of a sudden I look up and I see this Marlin just go just go air you know, up in the air and she goes, Oh my god, how beautiful that fish is and she's still cranking. I go, That's your fish. She goes, No way. I go, That's your fish and they got light, you know, and I go, She goes, Oh my God and then to watch this fight maybe 20 minutes but but to, to watch the happiness the one thing we forget why we do this it's mm-hmm. not about another notch in your belt it's it's not I I don't even know what fish I want to catch anymore I mean mm-hmm. I'd like to go like we were talking about going to the Amazon just because they're weird fish but I'm getting my enjoyment out of watching somebody else enjoying those first moments that we kind tend of to, tend to forget yeah. you know and so I think that would be my highlight trip. I mean, we went mm-hmm. to sea We no, had a blast We had, at had great fishing.
5: But what you're talking about is the injection of passion into your life because we're so passionate. We just we exude passion when we're on it, and some days we're not on it, and we're like, "God, this sucks," or whatever. You know, whatever it is, that you have your days. But I think of one. I think of a trip like you just talked. You just reminded me of something. And during ICAST, I took Summer
2: uh-huh, um, right.
5: and I took the twins and I took them offshore to go commercial snapper fishing. My buddy's got a commercial license right. so one after the other watching him I mean w- w- we're catching uh, I don't, a thousand pounds right and then her, her turning to me when, and it was the second day she turns to me and she goes I want to catch sailfish and I go very rarely if not at all do they catch selfish go, right. mm-hmm. so I grabbed a I grabbed a hold of a, a, a bait a dead bait put it behind the book and she hooks a selfish <laughs> Then hooks another one and." The whole thing, I have that video of her screaming and the passion exuding mm-hmm. out of her. That's what drives me. To yeah, and fishermen. I think
2: that's what we, we have to look forward to 2022. My, my thing is, is if you're a, a seasoned fisherman, pass it on. Pass on that passion. Yeah. You know, we always talk about that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think it's huge. You know, we got to take Howard over here and take him fishing. Oh, you want to go fishing with us? Yeah, he's nodding his head, yet. yeah. Um, There's
3: nothing like watching a... A first timer. family member or a first timer. Yeah. They're jumping up and down. Their adrenaline's running. They're just, they're, they're just, they don't they are know. They can't say anything. They're so excited. Yeah.
2: And, you know, and, and the thing is to, s- and to, wa- to watch the growth. I, I get to watch it firsthand mm-hmm. with Rhonda. You know, when I ask her for her birthday, what do you want for your birthday? I'm thinking maybe a necklace. And she goes, yeah. all I want, I want you to take me fishing on the AC sled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I go, you sure? You don't want to go down? No, take me fishing. And then, you know, she fell off she fell off. I'm thinking we're going to have to go. And she goes, uh, that doesn't mean we have to go home. Yeah. And you see the determination. And I go, well, that's how we are. We take for granted. Mm-hmm. Okay. So share the passion with somebody new. Take a kid. Get them off their Xbox and just put them on the water. Your wife, uh, your significant other, all three of them. Just, just take them all with you. Um, and go have some fun especially like the East Cape is a great getaway Cedros, think about mm-hmm. the Cedros, uh, way fun. Alaska we yeah. went to Alaska this year as well a lot of fun so um, that that I think would be the highlight for me I mean I did have some excellent trips <coughs> on the big boats excellent trips on the center console I mean um, this year we caught on the center out of the center console we got bluefin we got Dorado we got a 30 pound Ling um, well, recently we had a sheephead that went 22.2 pounds weighed. Um, so we've had a very good time. A lot of that stuff is on film. You guys will see it in the upcoming uh, uh, Freedom Boat Club episode. But um, overall has been those trips when I get to see somebody else fish instead of me and mm-hmm. just watching um, kids. I mean, we, we think about when we took David. He was on the Ocean honestly, two a two-and-a-half-day Little David, oh, yeah. 15 years old, lands a 200 and change. 208. 208. Yeah. That was weight. And he didn't give up, didn't want to hand <coughs> it over, you know, and you see that tenacity and you go, okay, I get it. That but was but a
5: weird, that was really, that was a godsend because I was standing there and they're calling the number. His number comes up and you just hand the rod over to him and you're like thinking there's 30 people on the boat. How? What's the ratio of him coming up? Because he, he stood beside me for hours <laughs> on the side of that boat. Right.
2: And he was only 15. He was the youngest kid. On the, we only had yeah. one kid. That was him. Yep. All right. We're going to take a, a quick break. When we come back, I want to see what you guys <laughs> want to do in 2022. Oh, yeah. I also want to explore predictions. And what do you think some of these things are happening and what we should be doing? All right, folks. We'll be right back on Ducks Radio, AM 830, KLAA. This is Angle Products. Radio
8: AMA 30. Lytle Screen Printing in Huntington Beach, where quality and service are everything since 1989. Screen printing, embroidery, digital printing, Lytle does it all. Shop their extensive line of apparel and headwear or bring in your own for customization. A few embroidered shirts or thousands of printed t-shirts, Lytle has you covered. No order is too big or small. Mention Angler Chronicles and they will waive your setup fees for your first order. You can find them on the web at lysphb.com or call 714-969-2424. Lidl Screen Printing, where all your needs are met.
1: Hello, I'm Chef Bree, head chef for Carne de Teresa, and it's my goal to make you a chef in your own kitchen. I've created the perfect and most delicious seasonings to go on top of our pollo asado and pollo Atabato. And our Carne de Teresa salvadoreño sausage is perfect for breakfast or dinner. Carne de Teresa is always hand-cut, hand-seasoned, and hand-packed right here in Southern California. You can find our delicious Carne de Teresa products at your local Albertsons, Food for Less, Ralph's, and Smart and Final. Let Carne de Teresa make you a chef in your own kitchen. Visit CarneDeTeresa.com for recipes and more. Remember, when fishing, practice CPR. Catch, photograph, and release, and always eat more Carne de Teresa. This is Teresa. Carne de Teresa is a proud sponsor of Angler Chronicles and Olive Crest.
7: There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
0: Ducks Radio, AM 830, KLAA.
1: A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Tom Sawyer, mean,
2: mean pride. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tom Sawyer. Who is it? rush all right so i'm gonna rush <laughs> to ask you <laughs> what are you thinking about 2022 but first we're on ducks radio ama30k la this is anglic chronicle so bottom of the tone pole i want to know 2022 one or two fish or experiences you're looking for to accomplish
4: um let's see 2022 i would like to get a cow i mean if they're still around yeah i mean uh,
2: you can go down Anywhere in Montana and pick up a cow, you know, probably about <laughs> a couple grand. S- Sergio
5: will take you where The sheep. Yeah, you out. want an Angus? You want an Angus, Aberdeen?
2: Which which which? which? Uh, Kobe beef. Kobe beef. Kobe beef. Gotta bring your boots. Yep. Gotta bring boots. Okay, you want a cow? Okay, yep. imagine cow tuna. Mm-hmm. Bluefin or yellowfin?
4: Uh, bluefin.
2: Yellowfin mm-hmm. will kick your butt more, I think. Yeah, I think if, if I you think so too, yeah, I think. No, but
5: I think I think the bluefin they'll like what we were saying earlier. Once that bluefin thing's gone, we're gonna go catch two hundred pound bluefin. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. But so they you are catch catching. One now. Yeah.
2: They're catching yellowfin. However, I can tell you, yeah, the, the the big bluefin are somewhere behind Clemente. Mm-hmm. and they're they're fluctuating that that current. They could, in be, current. In they could yeah. be in Japan. Japan. All yeah. right. So you want a cow, two hundred pounds. What yep, else?
4: Yeah, definitely a cow. And then uh, I would say uh, freshwater. Uh, maybe go salmon fishing again. I haven't done that in a couple of years. Um, I used to go up to Washington every year, so maybe I'll go up there for the big kings and uh, maybe even catch a steelhead.
2: Steelhead bite up there in freshwater. In freshwater. Okay. Yes. All right. Sounds good. Tony, tell, tell me, Tony. So for two thousand twenty-two, one of my
3: one of my prize fish I'm going to catch this year when we go to ICAST. I want to catch a peacock bass, and I want it. I want to always wanted to catch one i think they're beautiful fish and so i'm really looking forward to uh to that on 2022
2: a peacock that's cool that's Mm -hmm. cool all right carson
3: well you know i'm glad everybody's
9: mentioning the icast show and and things around it i just love the show itself i'm looking forward to finally after uh, in 2021 no show excuse Mm -hmm. me 2021 like a three-quarter size show and 2020 no show uh i'm looking forward to a full show again um i I really enjoy that that show itself in terms of going out fishing it'd be be hard to wish for a better year than we already had so i'm going to wish for better weather um if there was any sort of a downer it was you know good fishing in crummy weather um you know there's always you know you'll you wish it was a little bit better so yeah, so
2: that's my wish. Yeah, you know that Better was a weather. phenomenon. Twenty twenty one, you're right. Weather was a little bit up than previous years. All right, all right. So that's that. Okay, all right, Mister Ben, tell me what are you looking forward to this year? If if there's a fish you're looking forward to.
5: You know what I would probably say, honestly, the saltwater thing's always going to take care of itself. We're uh-huh. always going to spend the time doing that. I wish for another really epic pyramid trip. Mm. Okay. Uh-huh. And this year for Christmas, I got you know some fly stuff, some from some friends. So I'm learning, I'll learn how to midge and do all that stuff, which I haven't done. And then the other thing I would say is I'm looking for Crawley to open its doors and Bridgeport to open its doors and have a good old time with some jerk baits. Yeah, oh yeah. All
2: right. As far as I'm concerned, 2020. I just want to get out even more than I did last year. And um, I averaged out I actually went to my calendar I keep everything there. I was on the water 202 days out of 365. that's pretty massive that's a lot. and that's a lot of help from the AC sled. I mean I was looking at I'm gonna be on the on the sled every Tuesday through March okay and because uh, that's that's when I can carve out and a few mm-hmm. Thursdays and Fridays and Mondays along the way so um, good stuff, good stuff um, as far as me catching anything this year, um, I look at these big cows, I, I've done it, been there, not nah, looking forward to it. You've seen me pull away. wet nip, uh, Tuna Wars 6, I go, nah, take my number out, not interested, <laughs> I'll just film it and, and watch it. Uh, it takes a big toll. Mm-hmm. And um, It's always
5: really nice to have next to you when you're pulling on one, though.
2: Yeah, 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 it, it's true. Your know?
5: ass is the crap out of you. Him and Marciano were on each side of me when I was pulling <laughs> on a big one. Oh, yeah, you know, can you imagine
2: David, uh-huh. David and I on each side? Oh, my <laughs> God, we had such a good time. And, you know, Benny, pull, please pull, pull like a man, you know, that's, that's, yeah, it's crazy stuff. But no, um, as far as fish, you know, um, I just want another crazy trip, maybe to Cedro's, but Cedro's what it used to be. It hasn't been that way in a long time. You know, my second biggest. But we
5: talked about that other
2: spot, so bring that up. What other spots you were talking about? We're
5: talking about flying into Loretto and going, yes. going across, and mm. Bahia the Los
2: Angeles too. We're going to try that Bay of La. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot of stuff I'm looking forward to 2022. I think yeah, it would be locations. I had a really good blast up in Ketchikan. Really, that was a Salmon Falls was a nice place. Very pretty.
5: I, I, I don't. I uh, told you that. I think that's the best trip we've been on. Yeah. It was know.
2: awesome. Plus, take the totem, totem pole was there, too. So, totem you know. pole. Mm-hmm. That was the birth of the totem pole, and there's <laughs> three of them there. So you have your choice of which one you're going to get under. Um, yeah, so that's it. For, uh, and then my thing is this. My favorite fish to catch in the world is bass, Oh yeah, saltwater bass. So I would love it if the stars align. A 15-and-a-half-pound calico and a 19-pound sand bass. And those two, I would definitely, hate to say, would come out of the water so that I could have a world record. And I'm sorry, Ben, that I would take a 16-pounder out.
5: Total ganja talking there, bro. Yep, Mm -hmm. yep. Mm -hmm.
2: No, but I mean, um, that's what I see. Now, predictions. Let's talk about predictions. We always, at the beginning of the year, every year I looked it up, we've been talking about albacore, okay? We haven't had albacore in 20, now 21 years. Mm Mm-hmm chances are they getting better or are they getting worse
5: you know what i think it's a gamble up and down you know i mean i'm i wouldn't tell you when things get strange that's when you think you're going to see something change but and then goes back to normal i, I would say that you're going <laughs> to see a tuna season like you saw before you're going to see some cows you're going to see some great yellowtail fishing during, during, during the different seasons but the one thing that i was really surprised about um just recently is reading all those reports on 30-pound lings and stuff that were caught up in the islands there, mm-hmm. that might I be I caught one off of
2: Long Beach. We have it on film. But,
5: but I, I'm telling you, these guys are catching, like, regularly catching big lings off of some of those islands that we usually go fish on the boats. Right. That's that's amazing, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know?
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think know. it's going to be crazy. But I, I think albacore has a chance because of the anchovy. I've seen more and more anchovy— that gives me a sign, Steve Carson. What do you think?
9: Well, as far as albacore goes, um, you know, in the in the more distant past, we would have periods with no albacore, and there were no albacore anywhere back in like in the in the 1980s. We didn't have them in San Diego, and there were there weren't any albacore anywhere. And now, the last you know decade or so, there's been there's been no albacore in Southern California, but there's lots and lots and lots of albacore. The population's very healthy. So it's just a matter of the conditions. But we also forget, we talk about how wonderful albacore fishing was. We've been spoiled by these local bluefin, which we now look at a 30-pounder and say it's a little one.
0: Right.
9: You know, you forget that, you know, your typical migratory albacore was, you know, 14 to 18 pounds. And, if you know, if you were in good-sized ones... They were, you know, 20 to 25 pounds. A 40 anything was a whopper. And 30 was huge.
2: Yeah. No, I remember those days. and
9: We, we forget that, that the bluefin that we've been catching are a lot bigger than the albacore. You know, it's One not, more reason for, why, why we don't exactly miss the albacore
2: that much. Well, you know, people say, I, I, I've said that, what you said, for many years when we had the albacore. People would be so excited, and I go, you know, maybe because I don't eat fish. Um but to me, albacore, I'd rather have a I, and bluefin and yellowfin. Mm-hmm. I do notice that the yellowfin fight a lot harder in warmer water. It, uh, pound for pound, yellowfin in the East Cape versus here in colder water, they fight a lot harder in the East Cape. I think because they're warm-blooded in that 80, I 90 think it, degree... I think it's a species, though, it's a too. a species? Yeah. Well, but the could, same yellowfin you tuna. You can back
5: those up size to size in a yellowfin tuna. No, but I'm talking yellowfin tuna.
2: Things. Yeah. Uh, on the Pacific or in the uh, Sea of Cortez in the warmer water, they seem to fight much. We, 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 we uh, I thought I had fish that were 60, 70 pounds. They come in like 15, and you go, well, that thing...
9: You, you, you know, Sergio, to, uh, to thank your lucky stars for, you know, better boats, better electronics, better tackle... I don't know about better fishermen, but uh, you know, just better conditions. If you read the classic book mm. by Ray Cannon, The Sea of Cortez, I mean, that's really the, that's the book that broke open just how good the fishing was down there. And he mentions, you know, catching elephant tuna and seeing big schools of elephant tuna. Right in the book, in you know, in the type, he writes, you know, what the record at the time he wrote the book, which was like 1962. You know, what the record elephant tuna in The Sea of Cortez was.
2: No. 88 pounds. Wow. That's nothing. So,
9: needless to say, it's a lot bigger than that now. Oh, yeah. No, so, I've actually
2: seen that 200 yeah. and some odd so come these, in. these
9: are the good old days. I just want to remind you of that again.
2: You know, I'm glad you said that because for, I think, our generation, it may be. Uh, maybe for kids or grandkids, they may see something else. It's cyclical. You talked to me about your tuna about 100 years ago. You were having yes. the same phenomenon uh, from the tuna club, so this may be a 100-year type thing. So, point taken. Go fishing. Don't wait. You got a window. You go, because you never know what you might what you might You know, You're, you're going
5: to get some of those core guys too. And and uh, I did that whole thing. I probably do it 12 years down to Portoferraio and saw it at its saw it when it was really good. Guess what? It's getting really good again. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of threes that are being taken by the Asuna brothers, and people are like, well, how do you know they're threes? When you see them up against the rail, they're big fish. These are big
2: fish, and they're fat fish. Yeah. Okay, and the Asuna brothers are really good. They're out of uh, Puerto Vallarta. Yep. Yep, and uh, they have... uh, I like uh, no, ching, no, no chinga, no, no fish, no prom, something like yeah, that. The no name tuna of Chinga. No Tuna No Chinga. That's, that's <laughs> the name of their boat, and they have a really good. Is it a six pack? Um,
5: yeah, they got a couple boats. A but couple of that, boats. That I'm trying to. And think. they know
2: what's going on. Yeah, Puerto Puerto Vallarta is a great place if you want to catch some. of the, and, and they're legendary for big fish.
5: Danny Osuna, is, his whole family is. Back when we used to fish this, there was there were spots real close to home. And then we started fishing the Trace Marías, and that whole Trace Marías thing was, it like you said, what you were just saying earlier. It's like those were the days. Uh-huh. They're coming back. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, now. there's a
2: lot of stuff if you're willing to travel. Okay, I'm just looking for uh, a little more coming back to normal. I'd like to see the kelp grow.
5: Uh, oh, it's crazy right now. It's
2: crazy because it's colder water. I mean, yep. uh, I've been fishing uh, 59, 58 to 61, which is still pretty high if you think about december of, of years past yeah. i was to seeing about 57 58 right now but it's 59 to 60 which is nice um i want to see the kelp come back i'd like to see some of our reefs come back i'd love to see a sand bass run like back in the days when they yeah. would come in uh, those uh, the, the cycle has been interrupted um i think they blocked them from coming up on the nets but they were coming up to the flats, I remember. July 4th, you knew that...
5: When's the last time you saw that? I haven't seen it for, I like, I don't know how long.
2: 15, 10, 15 years? Yeah. You know what? When it's, I stopped seeing it, once the tuna showed up. Yeah. And one of the phenomena I was going to ask you guys this. Um, I've been catching a lot more sand bass, a lot bigger sand bass, in deeper water than shallow. And now that the water's getting colder... They kind of move shallow. I wonder if the sand bass prefer a little cooler. So when it got so hot on the coast, I mean, I, I saw 74-degree water in Long Beach. I wonder if that's oh, why. Oh, they're they, deep then. I mean, They went deep. They well, went you guys were the catching them in 100 feet of water about 100 and, Yeah, about 110, yeah. okay? And then now I'm catching the same type of fish in about 40. That makes sense. Okay, because yeah. of water temperature. Yeah. Okay, and current. So... Like I said, everything, keep your eyes open. There's uh, Anything can happen uh, in, in 2022. But I think the bluefin are going to stick around a little more with us. Um, whether J- yellowfin and Dorado come up, I don't know. It depends on the currents, guys. Yeah. If we get another nice current. I mean, I, we picked up some a Dorado. huge
5: swells that never really pushed those fish up there. I mean,
2: dude, I caught Dorado in front of Long Beach. Go, we yeah. were going across the island, and I go, look at that. And I had John with me and I had um, William. And I said, look, I'll put the boat. We had a pretty strong current. I go, I'll put the boat close. Just somebody, s- you know, throw something at it. And bingo, William throws out and picked up about a 20, 25-pound Dorado. That's, That's big, a big, one. big yeah. draw We have it on video. We'll see it for the, the episode. Just happened to film it on the phone because I go on the fly. So there's a lot of stuff that you can do. I mean, the other crazy thing, Ron and I picked up four bluefin, the two of us. Mm-hmm. 100 feet from the shore of Catalina. Wow,
5: that's well, that was going on in front of Dana.
2: In front of Dana. So I got it in Catalina. All right, let's take uh, another break here. We come back. We'll uh, wrap up the show. This is Ducks Radio, AM 830 KLA. Angler Chronicles. The crew will be right back. Ducks Radio, AM 830
8: Looking for something to do today? Come check out what's new at Michael's Sports Pub & Grill. Michael's was voted Orange County's best sports bar. Whether it's sports, drinks, games, or food, Michael's has something for everybody. And don't forget the wings that Michael is famous for. Michael's Sports Pub & Grill, 15192 Golden West Street, Westminster, California. Just south of the 405 freeway, Michael's Sports Pub & Grill
2: Well, do you need Kool-Aid? <laughs> you need Kool-Aid. No, just that. Ah, see, it kind of sounds like it. All right, this is Angular Chronicles on Lux Radio, AMA 30K, LAA. Angular Chronicles in the house. They got Ben and uh, Tony and uh, Mac the Knife. I like that? <laughs> okay. Uh, Andrew and Steve Carson on the phone. All right, so listen. Last segment. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. 2022. A um, little more expectations and, and, and what you want to do. I just want to say this to you, as a, a guy named Hal Borland said. Year's end is neither an end nor a beginning, but a going on. But with all the wisdom that experience can instill in us. So if we're if we're intelligent, okay, all the experiences that we've had. All the errors, all the falls, we use so not to fall again or to further our fishing acumen. No, like no, it.
5: but you, that's anything that mm-hmm. you do. You have pluses and minuses, and you learn from both. I think I learned more from my mistakes than I do from oh, anything I, else. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So in fishing, when people are like, well, I don't understand. If I just would have, you know what? The next time, just would have.
2: That's you know? right. And keep that in mind because we make little errors all the time. I mean, and you get in slumps too. Uh, I don't know if you, you've had it. Slumps where you just go, you just can't get bit, or oh, dude, you get a fish and you lose the fish. Those fish
5: that were in front of the house, we uh, we lost three of them before we got one of them, yeah. right? And I was sitting there, I couldn't figure it out. And each one of them would come off, and I was like, it's got to be the treble hook on the jig. I don't know what it is. It's just the way it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. And then we lost three and caught five, so it's like, you know, pay attention continue to move forward and have faith
2: i like that Mm -hmm. so here's the thing that i would recommend for you guys january uh number one tomorrow because today's a holiday go to turner's and get your license okay you're going to need it we're not at that point yet it's still a calendar license i think in 2023 we get to do the uh the yearly license uh, so go get your license, number one. Number two, stay warm. That's the other thing I, I don't see people doing. The wonderful thing about our sport, we can keep distance from each other. Mm-hmm. That is perhaps the most excellent thing about COVID. <laughs> it, I always said if you can see me smile, you're too damn close. Okay? <laughs> That's both on a boat <laughs> or, or on the shore. So stay away from each other. That's a great thing. Okay? Avoid tangles. Um, pay more attention to what's going on in your surroundings. We talked about barometric pressure. We talked about the moon. But there, there's nothing better, and I don't know if you guys do this. I do this. I have a little log. I have a little book. Every time I go fishing, I write down, when I, at least on the center console, I write down the lats, the longs, where I fished that day, what the weather was, what the conditions were, and then it goes there. And then, the you know, little things that I learned. Boom, 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 goes there. What happens is next time Next year comes, roll. I can pull one of those books from last year go. You know why the fish were biting here? This is a good place to start. Well, you Mm -hmm. look at
5: conditions. I used to always write down the conditions of what's going on, especially when I was, like, trophy hunting those big calicos and stuff. Uh And you would figure out what I used to do is buy Tide books all the time, and I'd write all the notes in the Tide books.
2: Tide books are great. I, I love it. For example, I hate a slack Tide. Okay, I like movement. I like a lot of movement. So, especially those big tides that we had. We had several king tides in uh, 2021. In fact, I know Steve, you posted something about that. So, just pay attention, be aware. The other thing is a great time right now, go get your real service. I know there's a lot about you got backlogs everywhere, but. It, open it up, put some uh, oil and grease where it's supposed to be. Don't wait because it'll be too late. The other thing is your Spectra line. Um, I started noticing this on my line. You know, it's it's discoloring, like you said, yeah. and it, it, you can see that it's unf- un- undoing. So the,
5: the other thing, remember what we talked about before, if you see it on the top doing that, take it off, if you can, got a reel the same size, take it off, just wind it onto another and wind the old line on the bottom, and you'll have a new line on the top.
2: If, yeah, if you're mm-hmm. able to, okay. Yeah. Um, so th- those are little things that uh, you know. Check your lines, check your hooks. The other thing is, look at your um, different jigs. Okay, a lot of these things have been put away for a couple of months. You come back, and if you fish saltwater, all the hooks are all rusted out. Uh, you're welcome to send them out and get bit. That's the best way of losing a fish when one of those hooks breaks. Mm-hmm. Okay, if it's rusted, it doesn't have the same strength. So these are the little things that. Um, I would be doing it right now to get ready because that first trip comes around. You're ready to roll, and you gotta be ready to roll.
5: Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, get adventurous. It's a new year. Try new things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you haven't, if you're not into trout fishing, why don't you pick a spot and go trout fishing one time or another? Or I, I'm actually gonna yeah. try to do that with yeah. these two. Okay,
2: yeah. they, they go They'll to fish
5: largemouths or you know, well, largemouth. i to fish largemouth no, and, yeah. and, and smallmouth.
2: That's my the, favorite. The
5: thing that cracks me up is like we were talking about earlier is that. I pretty mm-hmm. much kept my mouth shut for a long time lately, just because I just am going and doing what I'm doing. But I fish smallmouth, I fish largemouth, I fish those big fish up in you know the Reno trout. and mm-hmm. you know all these different places. And people are like, "Dude, what about saltwater?" I love saltwater. I love everything. I'm just going to experience it all. So if you haven't experienced it all, take book yourself a couple different trips,
2: something and, different. And just uh, do, uh, you, know what, you know what? You different. know what gets my, 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 gets me interested is that pyramid trip you do. I right. oh, yeah. uh, would Chad, you go up there and, and do that, but we should plan that. Yeah, but now I'm thinking I get waiters. I going to stay in the water. I gotta do. Uh. Well, get, can we get, get, get a boat? Can if we get you, a boat? Yeah,
5: but yeah. if you no, you bring Don't your own boat. It. But you, Just, you have to go yeah. if you're gonna get you if you're gonna go and do that. And you're gonna fish in a boat. You gotta fish when it's cold, mm-hmm. right? And then what happens a lot of times is when you go when you start seeing those fish really wanting to bite that are shore fish. That that this year was in April, but it bit from life. Freaking February to April on right. the beach. Don't be afraid of the waiter deal. It's it's a it's a good time. Cooking. I a,
2: know, I know, but I'm I'm. That's just me, lazy. I mean, I you know, yeah, it's <laughs> like the same thing. You get a 200. Uh, I, I think my cutoff now is, is maybe 120. If a tuna is over 120, not yeah, on your
5: bass rod, bro. I watch you. Yeah, you, 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 you
2: guys, you guys can pull on it. I, I'm like, I love 60s, 70s, and 80s. Those are fun. The thing is, I I know what happens to me no matter. How, Every technique that I can use on the book, at the end, you're worn out. Whether you like it or not, it wears you out. I want to catch 10 of them in a the day. I don't want to catch one for three days. Yeah. And I've been on the other side of that. So I've been there, done that. Good for me. I hope, Andrew, you get your cow. Mm-hmm. Okay? But I tell you, it's a lot easier, okay, to get an Angus or an Aberdeen. We can go <laughs> get you Longhorn. You know, easier to buy. Okay? That would be kind of cool. So... Um, that, that's I think that's that's what yeah. I, my, the message is. is yeah, just be prepared. Book your calendar. Be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll say this. Get courageous and go to yeah. new places. So yeah. two things. Be, cor- be courageous and be kind. That's going to be the things for 2022. Yeah. Right, can you think you can handle mm-hmm. that uh, Mia? I think I Uh, see. You thought I was going to you, Andrew. Like that? Uh, Yeah, eye contact. (laughs) My calendar, you
3: know, as a product distributor and manufacturer, a lot of the time I'm using, right, especially on the weekends, is getting product to these stores. We're doing we're doing more events this year than we've ever booked. We've got a lot of kids' events, including the Miles Square and all Uh the Orange County fishing events. We supply the bait for all these kids to get out and experience fishing. So, you know, continue to do more. Volunteer as much as you can. Give that back to Uh, another person because that's a Mm -hmm. gift that you'll never you know be able to to uh, take away and uh, book your calendar up it's going to be
2: a great year you know it's going to be a great year all right uh andrew anything special you got
4: yeah i mean i I would definitely recommend people to start stocking up on gear don't just because you have a trip next week you buy one pack of hooks or or one thing a line or a couple weights stock up because one thing i noticed this year was a lot of things weren't on the shelves and when they were they were gone Mm -hmm. So definitely stock up, get extras, you know, plan for your, uh, you know, a couple trips in advance as far as, you know, just one.
2: All right, Steve, any last parting words?
9: Well, Andrew, Andrew definitely hit on on a big thing. The supply chain issues are not going to be solved in 2022. They might get better, but they're not going to be solved. But in terms of a thing you should do, You should absolutely, on every reel you have, whether you've fished with it or not, if it has a monofilament top shot or it's full of monofilament, change the line. Get fresh line. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people this year uh, walked over and they had just lost a fish. I said, hmm, how fresh is this line? Oh, it's very fresh. When did you last change it? Oh, just a few years ago. Right. So, yeah, change your monofilament, whether it's just the top shot or the full, or whole reel worth. Um, it's very inexpensive if you buy it in bulk, and uh, it will save uh, a, a huge amount of your fish.
2: All right. Those are all great tips, but these tips will matter for nothing unless we get something done. I don't know if you guys uh, remember that we're fighting the, the carb situation with the boats. There is a webinar that's coming up on Wednesday, January 12th. From 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., you can register and have your voice heard. Um, it's going down to the wire, and if you guys don't realize, don't realize it, um, and this goes through, there won't be any fishing boats. There won't be any three-core days, half-day, overnight, day and a half. That's all going to be gone, and then they'll come after our personal boats. Yep. And then they're going to come after you. You're going to be going back to canoes, kayaks, mm-hmm. float tubes, and I'd like, love to see you get to, uh, say, uh, the Tanner Bank on your, on your canoe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and nobody can take you there. Uh-huh. So uh, remember, folks, it's uh, Wednesday, January 12th. I posted something on uh, Angler Chronicles. I'll post it again. Very important. It's the California Air Resources Board, and they invite the public to join in the webinar to discuss proposed regulations that call for 179 commercial passenger boats to be removed from service. So just think of your local favorite boat. It's gone.
5: 1984,
2: bro. Yep. Okay. So um, get involved, guys. Uh, There is a link you can go to, um, but it is a Zoom call. You get to hear it. You get to voice your opinion. And do me a favor when you do voice your opinion. You only have a few seconds to do it. Uh, Don't use language. Don't be stupid. Don't make us us anglers look bad because that's what they're banking on. So be courteous. Prepare your statement ahead of time. Write it down. Practice it so you you get it down pat and then share it. Okay, you're going to listen. You're probably going to hear a lot of the local captains um you know the people representing the the industry from different landings i hate to end on the downer but we need your your attention we Mm -hmm. need your action so january 12th at 4 p.m in this pacific standard time from 4 to 7 i'm sure it'll go later all right so we got a minute here left and i just want to wish one more time happy birthday tony okay Thank you, Sergio. You better thank. You just better love your mom. I mean, having a kid on the first. What time were you born? Do you know?
3: Uh, it was four thirty-eight in
2: the morning. So you ruined your mom's New Year's Eve. Yeah, okay. She couldn't party. After she the last couldn't party. No, no, she couldn't <laughs> party. She couldn't party. That's not so wrong. Mm-hmm. New Year's Eve. It's party time. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've had a, a horrible twenty twenty-one. Yeah. Let's go for a really great twenty twenty-two. Yeah. And what's going to be on you, saying? Be be courageous. Go do those things. But when you do those things, remember to be kind. On behalf of the Angler Chronicles crew, guys, Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Well, folks, that's the show for this week. It's time to truck on out of the city and get outside in God's country.
2: We'll see you next week on Angler Chronicles.